Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of the Dream Big, Bridging into Greatness podcast. My name is Priya Wakoma, one of the podcast team members and a ninth grader at CMIT, Chesapeake Math and IT South High School. I'm so excited to welcome back our listeners to our podcast. As a quick plug, we invite all of our listeners and supporters to connect with us further at our website, www.leeptocollegefoundation.org, and our various social media sites, our Instagram, Foundation Inc., and our YouTube, L2C Dream Big. The Dream Big podcast is hosted and produced by the Scholars in the Leeds College Foundation, a 501c3 organization that creates and supports programs that directly achieve positive outcomes for underrepresented students by improving high school graduation rates and college acceptance through educational enrichment activities, internships, mentoring, community engagement, leadership development, and parental involvement. On this podcast, we discuss topics that focus on developing today's youth into right now leaders. In this episode, our topic is civic engagement and how we as young people can get involved in issues we care about, no matter our age. We are so honored to have Delegate Alonzo Washington, who represents District 22 in Prince George's County. Cities in District 22 include Heightsville, MD, Greenbelt, MD, and and Riverdale Park, MD, just to name a few. Delicate Washington graduated from the University of Maryland College Park with a Bachelor of Arts degree in Criminal Justice and Criminology. If you have any questions or are interested in sending us suggested podcasts or being a potential guest, please email us at dreambig at leeptocollegefoundation.org or DM us on Leap's Instagram page. Also, please leave a review for us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you hear our podcasts. Hello, my name is Zion Covington. I'm a freshman at Bishop McNamara High School in Forestville, Maryland. I'll be your host for today's Dream Big podcast. Welcome everyone. Today, our guest is Delegate Alfonso Washington, and now everyone can introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Alexis Buxow, and I'm a freshman. Hello, uh, my name is Kaylin Ray. I'm a junior. Hi, I'm Priya Wakoma, and I'm also a freshman. Hi, everyone. I'm Jasmine Tucker, and I'm a sophomore. Hi, everyone. My name is Elena. I'm one of the team leads on the podcast, and I currently go to uh, Georgetown as a master's student in their education transformation program. My name is Christopher Wallace. I am a mentor with the Leap to College Foundation. Okay, we have a few questions for you. How would you define civic engagement? Sure, I guess you're gonna hop right into it, Zion, huh? Let me let me ask a question of everybody. I know I got some fresh, I got, we have a freshman, we have a sophomore, a junior. I would love to, I heard uh, Zion school where he goes to, uh, what about everybody else? Because I, I would love to speak directly to your school and where you are in the county, or if you're not in the county. So why don't you give me maybe your name and then what school you what school you go to? Okay, so I'm Kalen. I go to Northwestern High School. Hey, okay, Northwestern, nice. I'm Priya and I go to CMIT South. It's in Upper Marlboro. My name's Alexis. I go to the Academy of the Holy Cross. Yep. It's in Montgomery County. Great. Oh, and I'm Jasmine, and I go to Bowie High School, which is in Bowie. 
Okay. Uh, well, well, nice to meet you all. And Christopher, thanks for having me, uh, my good friend, brother, for, for the invite. Um, this is great, man. I'm, I'm really impressed by the organization and what you do for these young people. Um, I was in a similar organ. I was in a similar program like you all, which was called First Generation College Bound, uh, which is a organization that's situated throughout the county, and it helps young, poor Black and Brown kids matriculate through high school and, and get into college and become civic engaged, civically engaged. And so, as I can tell you, when I went there, when I was, because I was, I was, uh, I met the organization or became a part of the organization in when I was in middle school, and I went to uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Uh, and, and Laurel. And then I went to Laurel High School. And I can tell you the program worked because it got me into high school. <laughs> and then it got me out of high school. And then it got me into college. And for me, I was the first person in my family graduated from high school, including my mom, who I was raised by a single mother. And then I went to college, uh, first in my entire family, that includes aunts, uncles, cousins, anybody with the last name Washington. Uh, that, uh, And I went to college and graduated. And so because of an organization like that, I and an organization like this, you know, you guys are going to be successful. I believe you're in great hands with Chris um, and Elena. Um, and so I am just uh, just want to applaud the work of this organization and what you all do. Uh, civic engagement. I mean, that's a big word, right? Like, what does that really mean to everybody? It's different for everyone, right? Most people think of it just being voting, right? And it's not just voting. It's about, you know, getting engaged in the community. That's a that's a shared that that where you feel like there's a shared public interest in a particular topic or category or uh, issue area, for instance, housing, education, college, college tuition, um, racial equity, uh, policing, and they, it, it runs the gambit, right? And for me, I wanted to be civically engaged because of my background and upbringing. Like I was raised by a single mother of six kids, right? And because of that, we went into, we were in homeless shelters many times. We were on section eight. I don't know if you guys know what that means, but that just means subsidized rent from the government. And so the government helped pay my bills, my, my family's bills when I was growing up. I was the oldest of six kids, so my mom couldn't afford all of us. And so if it wasn't for the government or public or these types of public programs, I wouldn't be where I am today, right? And so for me, it's about fighting for those programs so kids that grew up like me or, situ or families that are similar to mine have an opportunity to be successful. You know, those programs are really important. So for me, it's about making sure those programs stay, stay there, but also doing things like making free tuition for the community college. Why should we pay for community college? We shouldn't have to. And so one of the things that I did was make tuition free to community college happen here in, in Prince George County and in Maryland. So for me, that's what civic engagement means to me is about being, finding that issue area that's a shared public interest and fighting for it, doing my research behind it and making sure that it becomes either law or policy where it, it will improve the lives of people that grew up like me or look like me. I want, I want to know what you guys think, right? Huh. What, is, what, what do you believe in civic, in civic engagement is? I was about to say, I have a question because you said that your job is like to find the issue that people have my, my my question is how do you like how do you go about finding like how do you know that the people have an issue with that yeah i mean uh, like how do you know what the people want i, I never understood how y'all let me let me ask you a question. let me let me let me ask you, let me ask you a question caitlin what what issue matters most to you money 
Okay. Well, look, it's as simple as that. I go around and I talk to people and I ask them what's the issue. If I went to, let's say, uh, uh, Gianni, yeah, how, how, what's, what's one of the issues you care about? Um, one of the issues I care about is like uh, with the environment and things like that. Okay. Or it's sustainable for like the next couple of generations. Oh, I love that. I love that. Environmental justice. I love it. Yo, we, we, that's, a, that's one of the, the biggest issues facing us, right? As a, as a, as a, as a you know, in this, in this world. Uh, but, but um, you know, Kaylin, that's what it is. It's going around talking to people. I go door to door talking to, talking to people, asking what their issues are. I come in meetings like this and hear from people like you uh, who, you know, who are sophomores or juniors and you tell me what your issues are in the school. And I'm like, man, we need to change that. And so because I'm listening to you, because I have to listen to you, right? Because you go to Northwestern High School, which I don't know where you live, actually. You live in Hyattsville or you live in, where do you live? I live like Rice College Park in Greenbelt. Okay, so I represent you, actually. So because you live in Greenbelt, so now you're my constituent and I work for you and I have to listen to, I have to listen to what you, what you care about. And so coming into events like this is where I become more civically minded or engaged and I, and I gauge the interests of our communities. And so that's why I go to civic association meetings. That's why I go to PTA meetings and I go to, I go to even SGA meetings to listen to our students talk. So for me, it's like, I want to know, I'm look, I'm a regular person. I know most people don't think politicians are, uh, but I'm, I, I consider myself a public servant. So for me, I have to go to these meetings to hear people and understand what the issues are. So it's just, it's just asking that question, Caitlin, what do you care about? Like, what do you care about? Like, tell me, tell me your needs. Tell me how I can be helpful. You know, people would look at polls too, or does everybody here know what a poll is? So the way that I think about polls is that they're kind of like a way to like see what the people are thinking. They answer like a set of questions and then those are like generated into some form of like a graph in order to tell delegates, to tell Congress people, just to tell like the government about what the people want and their issue, their opinions on issues. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. So there's a there, there's there's phone calls that happen and text messaging that happens and then there's a poll people ask you what your interests are and you tell them what they are from racial equity to police reform um, to money or taxes um, or housing and we rank they rank those and which ones they care about and then for us as a public we decide okay what is the number one issue facing our communities right like in Prince George County it should be education or public safety right um and so for me i always looked out for education issues so it's just that simple caitlin i know it's a long long answer to your question but that's how we get that that's how we get it that's how i know what the issues are because i listen to people you have to listen to folks even folks who don't vote or aren't eligible to vote like you all right that's cool <laughs> okay um in your opinion what issues best require the advocacy of students? Like what issues do you think would best require their attention? Uh, well, according to Kaylin, it's money, right? <laughs> uh, but, I, but, I heard, but I heard from uh, Gianni that it's uh, environmental justice. So I can't answer that question, right? I, it's for you to tell me, right? So I, I mean, that's why we ask the questions like, what do you care about? Let me ask you this question. Zion, if you had sixty billion dollars, what would you what would you, what would be your number one priority, and how would you use it if you as a student and uh, as a student? I would go from the um, 
people the communities who would need like the most attention and then bring it um then um fix up those communities then go up to the wars the richest communities where they would probably need less yeah i mean that's that's exactly what we have to do right like as legislators as public officials i have to determine what by listening to my community what are the top issues right like whether it's like net zero energy homes, like building new affordable housing for our communities in Palmer Park, right? Like where in my district is the hardest hit community, which is down the street from one of the offices of this organization. And so I have a backpack giveaway every year from for just for that community, right? I have also allocated dollars from this from that $60 billion to Palmer Park so that they can build new high quality affordable housing for low poverty, for low income and poverty families that it's affordable for them. And so this is about save these are about also, this is also about like saving the environment and climate justice, but also housing justice as well. Cause housing is a big issue for our communities in our county. So we all have to do that. And I'm, let's just pretend that all of us here are legislators, right? Legislators, right? Like everybody here is now a legislator. Now you have to think like I have to think. Okay, and and Elena and Christopher are our constituents. <laughs> All right, and so as you ask your question, I want you also to think about like what would you do in that scenario? Because now you're a legislator, now you are a public official. Okay, what are some ways you would personally stay civically engaged as a high schooler? Go ahead, Chris. What are you about to say? Well, it it was kind of off that front. Um... But uh, I was going to add to a little bit of the tangent of um, sometimes people just don't engage with uh, engage civically at all because they don't find it interesting. Um, mm -hmm. So to really like Zion's point, because I know as you go door to door, I know some people don't answer their doors. Um, I know when some of our, uh, you know, um, uh, students in the program, they may talk with their friends or their families about these issues, but they might be preoccupied or want to talk about something else. So really to Zion's question, you know, how do you really keep the interests of people because civic engagement is not only important that we participate in it, but there has to be an interest of people to participate. So I, I guess for everybody really to answer, how do we inspire our friends, our families, our communities to really get civically engaged in a society where that might not be demanded of them as much? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And Zana, thanks for the thanks for the, the initial part of the question too. You know, that's that's hard, right? Like to be able to inspire people to believe that government work could work for them, or that because they're so jaded about the process and how it works and believe that things are unfair and how government operates and it's not fair for black and brown people, or it's not fair for low-income people, or it's not fair for women, right? Or the LGBTQ plus community, right? So in order to inspire people, in order to get people to want to be civically engaged, you got to find out what their interests are, which is why I asked Caitlin that, right? Like, so I can speak to his issue, right? So when I go to a door and I knock on a door and I talk to somebody or I go anywhere, like I just did today, I always say, hey, my name's Alonzo. I, I just so happen to be your state elected official. Oh my gosh, you're my delegate? You, who, who, what? What are you doing here? Is the response I get. And then I ask them, like, okay, what do you care about? And the first thing most people say if, when I ask them what they care about is they say, I don't know. Like almost 60% of the people I talk to, they say, I don't know. 
And so I have to pique their interest. And I, so I have to figure out like, what do they care about? Like, okay, tell me your story. Who are you? What, what do you care about? You know, um, you know, what's important to you? Like, I, like I asked Gianni, like, I'm gonna talk about climate justice to her all day, every day, because I know she cares about that. I'm gonna send her emails. I'm gonna send her text messages about it. I'm gonna let her know that this rally is happening right now. We need you out here. Would you mind being a speaker for it? You know, how do I get you engaged? Like I, I try, you try to pull those issues out of people to get them to get them going. I remember I was in Atlanta uh, for this last election and I was down there because of my organization that I work for, we try to get people out to vote. And I was in an Uber with my boss and we were talking to this black woman, older black woman. And we obviously have Stacey on the ballot, Stacey Abrams running for governor. We have uh, Reverend Warnock on there. And she was just like, I'm not voting. Like, I just don't want to vote, Alonzo. And so I just started talking to her about her life and who she is. And she was talking about her kids and how she has to work three jobs, including the Uber. And, you know, public transportation is terrible. The school buses, you know, we all know how school buses show up late all the time. And what I told her, what I told her was, look, Stacy can stop that. Stacy can stop that. She can make sure the bus shows up on time. Make sure that it's done. And then after like maybe a 10 minute conversation of us having like a back and forth, she said she's gonna vote. And I actually, I actually got her number. We talked afterwards and she voted. She was not gonna vote before, but I found something that she was interested in and then connected with her personally. I mean, a lot of this, we don't believe that it's personal, but it is. Like it is personal. It's personal to us. Um, and so, you know, for her, it was about her kids getting to school on time. It was about her not having to work three jobs. The minimum wage in Georgia, believe it or not, is only $7.25 an hour. Like in Maryland, we're about to be $15 an hour. Like you can't live off of that. Not even in Georgia, you can't live off of that. So, you know, where it's seen as more affordable there um, in Georgia. Um, that's why I said that. But we, there's a lot of things that need to be changed. And to, in order to engage people, you have to understand their interests and where they are. Does anyone have any questions? I got a question. Topic? Oh, that's not about a topic. But say you go to door to door and you talk to people, right? And see, let's just say you solve one of the problems that the people have, like the housing issue. And like, because, you know, some people are going to be like, oh, you're helping this community, but you're not helping us. And they'll like post about it on Twitter and everyone start bandwagging on that. It's like, he ain't doing nothing for us. He don't care about us. Like, how, how would you deal with that? If I could answer, I have something to say on that. Um, if I was personally in that situation, I could just show that the community that I did help is like much more in need of the money. and you can easily show that by like how nice the community you can just it's you send someone to go around and take pictures of the community and you can easily see how one community could be more in need of money and another community could be like all right but we're um so you could just say that and say we're doing what's more important first and then we're getting to the we're just going down that line yeah but that's Zion. what i would personally do see i understand what you're saying but the people in the other community don't think that their community, the other people's community, is more important than them. You know what I mean? Honestly, I could just say, um, wait, we're gonna get to your community eventually. I mean, you get to every community, right? I mean, I have to say, look, I, I agree with I I agree with Delegate Covington over there. Um, I appreciate his response. Um, I think that you know it is about because you know, look, we're about equity, right? 
equality is that everybody here gets the exact same, no matter what your situation is, right? Like you get parity, you get, everybody here gets $5, right? Like everybody gets that, right? But equity is about making sure that the community with the most need and where they are gets to elevate to the point where this other organ, where this other group is. And so like delegate, I'm, I'm calling you delegate Covington, uh, Zion. Uh, like Delegate Covington said, like we need to we need to make sure there's there's equity there, and that so showing that community, like look, the need is greater here. We're gonna still take care of you, but in order to make sure that there's equity within our in the government, we got to take care of the most neediest families first, and that's where we are. And then soon we're gonna come to this community. Tell me what else I can do for you, and listen to that group, and say, hey, I know. Um, I know that having a Whole Foods in your community is really important to you, but this community over here has a food desert and there's no walkable grocery stores nearby. So I have to take care of them first because they need it right now. It's a luxury for you to have Whole Foods. They need, they need a farmer's market. They need a Safeway or, or, or a Lidl or a nice or a grocery or a nice high-end grocery store there. So we're gonna take care of this one because it's, equi it's equitable, right? And not equality. Equality is everybody gets the same amount of everything. Equity is bringing everybody up at the same level. Is that, and, and then and then you just you just you throw, throw them a little shade a little bit, uh, Mr. Wright, and then uh, and then you just move on. <laughs> okay. Okay. Did anyone else want to say anything about that? Okay. Uh, um, oh, I had a yeah, I had a quick quick question. Going back to what you were saying about the issue that you care about, which is you know education. Um, so what kind of sparked your interest in that um, particular area or even just like in this role in general? And then, um, well, I'll, I'll just start with that first because I have a follow-up question. Yeah. That. Yes, that's easy. And it's going to be really fast to answer. It's going to be really easy to answer that question. My, again, like I said earlier, my mom instilled in us at a young age that education was important, right? And that we needed it. And I loved school. You know, school was home for me. Um, and so school saved my life, essentially. Um, and so because of where I grew up at, right? And, uh, and for me, I got into it once I became a delegate. I started, to, I started to see that a lot of students were entering into this, including my brothers, were entering into this thing called the school to prison pipeline, where they would get suspended uh, for nonviolent offenses or talking loud in the classroom. They'll get suspended out of class. They'll go home. They would then get into trouble with other things because there's nobody home watching them. And then so they would end up in the prison system, right? And so that constantly happens where we're suspending students and expelling students for nonviolent offenses. And so I did a lot of research on it. And since then I became like the the grant, the, the godfather for the school to prison pipeline here in Maryland or championing this issue and dismantling that pipeline um, by providing additional resources to our families and mental health services for families. And for me, that garnered my interest. Like I, I had that in my because I I've never been suspended, but I went home and stayed home and I realized, yo, I ain't doing nothing here, man. Like I'm chilling. Like I can get into so much trouble. And so I can see that for other kids too. And so for me, it was like, I have to provide, there has to be an alternative to this, alternative to suspensions, alternative to, um, you know, sending our kids home for nonviolent offenses um, in the classroom. Yeah, and so, I, I completely agree with you, especially for nonviolence um, um, things. I feel like they should they should get like, I like the detention system now, like, you know, how people get detentions now. That's better because like you still get 
um, punished, but it's not in a way that you like, because nowadays kids have all these electronics and all this stuff. So they, when they go home, they're just gonna play on their uh, electronics. But it didn't, even for like violent offenses, you can like do in school su suspensions, things like that. And um, where the um, there's this office where like if people forget their um, bags or their clothes, they have to sit there and it's right in the middle of the hallway. So it's like also an embarrassment thing. So I feel like something like that will actually like teach the kids that they can't do stuff like this. Cause like, I know a few kids who anything embarrassing will like make them, you know, change whatever made that happen quick. So maybe that will be the best option, but not like um, suspensions. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. And that's, that's, those alternatives would keep the student in the classroom and keep them engaged. Right. And, and let people know that they, that we actually care about you. We just don't want to send you home away. We want to help you. Right. We want to provide you with the mental health resource. So that's, that was my in <laughs> into education. And so since then I became actually, I'm the leader in the state for education reform. Um, and so I'm the chair of the education subcommittee on the House Ways and Means Committee. Um, and so people look at look to me for education policy issues from K to 12 education. So from anything from kindergarten through 12th grade, um, I am the leader in the state for education reform. Outside of our state superintendent and all those important people. <laughs> I think another um, important aspect that uh, definitely we can talk about is maybe like conflict. Um, and I know Delegate Washington, I'm sure you experienced this in your position. Um, maybe you're working with other uh, delegates that don't agree with certain <laughs> tactics or certain ways that you can approach problems. Um, what are some ways, uh, and everybody can jump in on this too, about how we deal with conflict? You know, maybe somebody doesn't agree with our ideas, they don't agree with our positions, um, they don't agree with our solutions. Um, what are some ways that um, everybody can provide about like how to get through that that conflict? I feel like. Okay, I feel like the best way is just just recognize other people's opinions sometimes because a lot of people nowadays live in echo chambers and everyone, they all have the same opinion. So someone else doesn't agree, like your answer is wrong because you don't agree with us. And that's not, you can't, you can't really live like that. You know, you're going to be disappointed. So like I said, just accept other people's opinion, just recognize it and like think about it. I agree. I think we should kind of like just all kind of, find common ground and see where you guys both kind of meet up because everybody has different backgrounds and you see differently. So you're all gonna come up with different solutions to solve problems. Now, what if they're, what if the person is hostile about their opinion and they want it so badly that they- Well, need if someone's it. hostile, I'm like, just let them have it. Like people can be wrong. Like there's nothing wrong with being wrong. But like, no, 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 no. But think about it in this way, right? Remember, we're all legislators here. So we all have to come to a common ground to pass. Okay, that's true. Right? So, I so. mean, if someone's getting hostile about it, maybe we can try to um, get together and explain the different reasons why one may be different. Um, what's the best for, you know, what's the best option? And in the case that the person who's getting hostile it has the wrong option, maybe you can like make a list of like the pros and cons to doing the, the option that the person is trying to choose. And then maybe like try to talk to them, like try to say, oh, this is um, the wrong thing. And then say, here's the pros to it, but here's the cons. And like it, most people can be very, you know, persuaded if they can see a lot of cons instead of a lot of pros. 
I think first, yes, I think that's absolutely right. Like if you find ways to convince them of your of your policies that you want to propose or your ideas first, and then if it's just we aren't just agreeing on anything, then there's a democratic process, right? Like we all have to take a vote, at least in my at least in my world, right? It has to come up for a vote. Like, and we so we all say, hey, you can propose that idea, but I'm gonna tell you that my friends and colleagues are not gonna support it. Um, but you can still propose and you still, and you do listen to them. I think Caitlin's right. You absolutely have to listen. You have to listen to them, hear them out, but also know that if it's an extreme issue, then you can't do it, right? Like if they're talking about, uh, I'm not gonna go down that road, but if, if there's something so egregious that you cannot do that you don't need to compromise. You need to move forward and stay true to your own values, right? Without compromising your values and who you are as a person and a, as an individual or as a community. Um, and so sometimes it's okay to say no. Sometimes it's okay to back away and, and respectfully, right? But then there's also times you want to bring people in and teach them and help them understand your issue and maybe find that common ground. But if you can't get there, it's okay. It is okay if you cannot get there. Sometimes and those in our demographic can just find these type of discussions boring. What are some subtle style changes in our approach that would like make this discussion of social or local issues like more exciting and how more people can talk about it? Because I know people like in our generation, our age, wouldn't like to really talk about these type of things. So what can we do to make them talk about it? Can we talk about ending TikTok? I mean, maybe TikTok could be the way we can get it out what? there. Can we talk about ending uh, some of these dance crazes that happen? Okay, so the dance crazes, is, yes, is, is but that, maybe TikTok. That... TikTok is, <laughs> I TikTok is the thing people watch the most th these days. So maybe TikTok could be the way we do get it out no, there. No, no, I'm being facetious here, right? Because I want you all to just think about it, right? Like I've asked earlier, like what were your issues were, and you all came up with these big issues about money and climate justice, but. TikTok, I saw everybody eyebrows raised. So it's all about really the issue that you all care about, right? Like, is it about like how teachers treat you in the classroom? Is it about, hey, I need my curfew to be a little later, <laughs> right? Is the food gonna be different in the classroom? What services are we offering? Like I, like I said earlier, it's all about like, these types of conversations don't have to be boring. You know, when I, when I have, I have a conversation with many of my residents about healthcare and they don't find that boring because it impacts them directly and they're attentive and they're paying attention to it. Now we had a, we had a, a, a conversation about ending TikTok. You know how many people will be at that? that how many young people will be there at that, in that, in that room? You know what I mean? So it's all really all about. I mean, like, the young people would probably be getting there just to stop this. Right. That's, that's what that, I'm saying. It's all about the conversation and the topic. Like, but I mean, once once they they realize TikTok isn't going anywhere, they're just going to stop on, on this matter because, like, t people nowadays, they once something has been out there for over like four months top, it's gone. It's you don't talk about it ever again. So I feel like once they realize that they don't have enough people to actually stop TikTok, they won't you know, be interested anymore. I think that if we, I think I, obviously I was being again facetious. Um, and I think that what you, what I'm, my point here, Mr. Covington is that you gotta find an issue that matters most to people to make these conversations more interesting for people, right? Like if that, if you find the issue area, I'll make it a University of Maryland where Christopher and I went, 
free for everybody. You want to be there because you want to. And I, that's something that we can do. That's something I can do. I, we can make it free if we want to. But, and that goes to Caitlin's point of money, right? So if you have those types of conversations to pe and make people civically engaged, you have to find the issues that matter most to them. You cannot just talk people's ear off, which is why I wouldn't allow you guys to just ask me all these questions. I'm gonna throw them right back to you. Cause it'll be boring for me to sit here and just answer all these questions. It's crazy they don't have voting rights though. That's, that's wild to me, honestly. I mean, you, what, what, what grade are you in? 11th. 11th. Oh, you should know that, man. You're a voting member of the, of yeah. the student member. Yes. Board. I have other occupations right now. Uh, okay, nice. Okay. If you have any questions or any comments about civic engagement, about what you want to see in your community, um, how can we improve us all together? Like, I'm actually here because I'm going to be meeting with the superintendent for the state of Maryland tomorrow. Um, and him and I are going to talk about a bill about low performing schools, right? About how do we help provide more resources to those local performing schools. And so I would love to hear from you all, like, what do you want to hear? What do you want me to tell our state superintendent that? I was thinking about your previous point about finding people and getting people to find what they're, how would you advise people who know what they're passionate about, they know what they want to change? How would you advise them on? Like acting on those. Yeah, bringing those things to their local officials, to the governments, like their local governments that can. I, I got it. I got it. You're 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 hitting the right mark on that. Like it's it's so important, right? Like you find the issue that you care about, and what you want to do is do the research behind it. You know what is this issue? What does it mean? Um, you know what other counties or states or schools are doing it, right? Um, pack up my white paper of research and say, hey, this is what the solution, find out what the solution could be. And then what I would do is I would suggest that person come up with those information so they're knowledgeable of the issue. Even if it's a sidewalk installation, we haven't had a sidewalk in 30 years. Why don't we have a sidewalk here? Sidewalks only cost us amount of money. Can you fix it for us? Um, because that, that's where the school bus drops us off at. Um, you know, these are 80 students that go to that, that. I know now that 80 students get dropped off every day at that one at that one location where there isn't a sidewalk. I take that information. I tell my elected official, here's the issue. Here's what's happening there. Here's a day of time it's happening. I'm really passionate about this. How can you help me? And you press them on it and you get, continue to press them on it. You give them, a, you give them a week to hear back from them. You don't go back to them. You keep going. You keep trying at it. And if you don't hear back from them, then you find another higher elected official that will do it for you. And you keep moving up and keep on pressing them. And then if they're doing their jobs like me, you will hear from them directly and they will listen to you and they will tell you their, their course of action to fix the issue. I would suggest that that person that has the issue and knows what they, what they care about to also find other people that care about that issue too. Build a coalition. You don't wanna do this alone, why? Find other people that can do it. Find a professional in the field that can help you with it, that can help you develop the research. There's no reason it, we have the power. We have the power. If you work with other people and build a coalition, you can make change happen quickly because they see not only one person cares about this, but now 20 and 30 and 40 and 100 people now care about this issue. So now they're pressed to really make it happen for you. Identify the issue, one conduct your research on the issue, find like-minded people, 
build a formal coalition. It doesn't have to be like a 501c3, but build a coalition, name it, the coalition for safe sidewalks. <laughs> then you all contact your council member or your, your elected official, tell them what the issue are, meet with them, meet with them, advocate. And when you, when you meet with them, that's your beginning of your advocacy. You tell them what the issue are, you're running it down for them and you follow up with them. You never let them off the hook. Don't, because they work for you. A lot of these politicians believe that the, the, the people work for them. No, they work for us. They work for us. We put them in office, we can take them out of office. So that's my suggestion. Those, those four things are what advocacy is and what you can do. And if you care about that issue, I will follow those steps. Well, look, it's been a pleasure. I'm at Kaylin, I heard you I heard you you had another question. Oh since you live in my district, man, I'm gonna let you ask me another question. <laughs> I was gonna say, can y'all do something about these school lunches? Okay, because it just ain't doing it for me. Please. I, I, I I'm on track, so I need calories and protein and fiber. And it be having like like pizza and like it be burnt, it be it, it's it, it just ain't it. I'm sorry, it just it's not it. No, I, I agree with I agree with that. The food stuff. Um, well, first, Kaylin, I mean, you and I got a lot in common, man. I played, I ran track in high school too. Oh, that's um, good. I ran, I ran a four, I ran a four hundred, the the one hundred, the two hundred, and unfortunately, eight hundred too. I ran um, the eight hundred too. You ran down the yeah, in I, the I mile. Hate, the eight hundred in the mile. Yeah. I well, no, you would never give me running the mile. At, at, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not sprinting that fast <laughs> for a mile, but no, I, I totally get that. And see, look, that's one of the things where you all can come together and talk about that, right? Like it's not said enough how students are, how that, how the, how healthy meals are not incorporated into school lunches, right? Like I've been there, Chris has been there. Like we know that, we know what that feels like. And it's the same stuff, right? I know Michelle yes. Obama tried to, you know, make it some healthy meals at, at a certain point, but we really need to revamp what that looks like. And it is, I would say it is really, it is, it is something that I think that should be student led, right? Like this should come from you all. This should come from us. This, this shouldn't come from me. Like it should come from you. This is, and, and you as an athlete, right? Like, yo, yeah. like I'm here during the day. I need my nutrition. Like right. I need to grow, I need to grow these skinny legs, man. Like it's not <laughs> working for me. <laughs> like, and I, that's coming from one skinny leg person to another, man. Like it's, it's, you know, something that you have to, you have to build and you can't do that if you don't have the right type of protein or nutrition at the school during the day, right before you go out to practice. Right. Right. So right. It's important. So I think our student athletes, actually, you know, I have a piece of legislation this year about surrounding our track and fields, you know, and um, in our schools. So you'll see something, hopefully it passes, but we're talking about $50 million a year to help. Mm to help build new track and fields for all of our schools in our county. So um, that's what I'm working on next. Uh, all right, that sounds- We're gonna, we're gonna call it the Kaelin Wright Bill. Let's go. <laughs> now, it was an absolute pleasure to, to be with you all. You guys are amazing uh, humans, amazing students. Uh, you're in a great organization and I hope we all got, hope you all got something out of this conversation. I would say if I can leave you with anything, anything at all, is to is to listen, listen to your neighbors, listen to your parents, listen to people, listen to your fellow students here, because you're going to figure out the issues that people care about, 
and you might want to you might be inspired by it or it might help you and to inspire you to want to, to to it might empower you to actually want to do something civically you know to make a change happen because some people don't have the tools to actually become civically engaged or they don't have the time to become civically engaged and maybe you might and maybe you might want to fight for other people and not just yourself and so for me it's about listening to people hearing people out and, and acting on their issues and things that they care about. And so with that, thank you all for having me. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to seeing you guys again. Yes, thank you for coming. Thank, thank you. you for your time. And thank you so much for your thank time. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. You. All right, you guys have thank a good time. My name is Jasmine Tucker, a 10th grader at Bowie High School. I hope you enjoyed this first episode of season three of the Dream Big podcast. Thank you to Zion Covington for hosting this episode and to team members Gianni, Jasmine, Priye, Alexis, and Kaylin for your wonderful thoughts, ideas, and conversation. Also want to shout out Rena John, another one of our podcast members who could not be with us for our recording. Thank you to Christopher Wallace and Elena Rowe, our podcast team leads, for their guidance in this process. A huge thank you to Chris for connecting us with Delegate Alonzo Washington. We hope to have him again for another discussion or LEAP event. Please visit our website, www.leep, to collegefoundation.org for more information regarding our programs and services. Also, please follow our Instagram page, LEAP to College Foundation, Inc., and YouTube channel, L2C, Dream Big. Episodes will be on YouTube soon, so please subscribe to be notified when a video drops. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to leave a review for us. You can also leave a rating for us on Spotify. Ratings can help us improve our content and allow more people to find our podcast. Be sure to look out for our next episode in February on the topic of social media and its impact in our daily lives. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.